Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. Today, we're talking about a day in the life, or more than that, of a real estate agent. (laughs) Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, how you doing? Uh, Janelle Cameron here, and we are here with today's podcast, which is going to be all about what it's like to be a real estate agent. How's that? I think it's a fascinating topic. Should be fun. Yeah, I, I get a lot of are interested in this. Well, I get a lot of questions about it. People reach out to me. I would say regularly, people I know and don't know about what it's like to do our job because they're thinking of getting into it. Sometimes I think for some people too, it's a bit of you know they they just don't know how much we work or how hard we work or what we do every day, and they think it's really just about writing contracts and. All right, so it's in that context that today we thought we'd talk about this. So hope you find this interesting. So a day in the life of, or you think you want to be a realtor. Yeah, so you think you want to be a realtor. So the first thing uh, you want to do is really take a look, I think, at at your real estate board's statistics, right? So I'm not trying to discourage people. I just want to make sure you understand the reality. There is 55,000 plus realtors in Toronto. And I think when Leslie and I started, which is... A long time ago now, there were about 22,000. I can't remember. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know me with the numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a lot of, (laughs) that's a big increase. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I think there's a lot of factors that have contributed to that. Um, You know, the market and people think it's easy money. We're here to tell you it's not easy money. But the interesting thing, I think, is that keeping in mind that there are 55,000 realtors in Toronto or as part of the Toronto Real Estate Board, only 5% actually do more than six deals a year. Yeah, and I think that might be similar to other industries where 20% of people do 80% of the work kind of thing. So we find that here. In real estate, you can do something they call parking your license. Mm -hmm. So that means getting qualified, getting a license, but actually not using it. Yeah. So I think that there's some of that in that 55,000. I think there's also in Toronto a ton of part-time, shall we say, real estate agents who have their license, but they're not in it. They're working at no frills as right. well. Or, and the or other else. interesting thing about that is that the um, attrition rate is huge. Yeah. There's only, uh, I think the statistic last I heard, and I, I would, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact number on me, but 93% was the last number I heard, don't make it past the first two years. Yeah. So as many people are in the game, they're getting out, in yeah. and out, in and out. And yeah. so there's that sort of, you know, very few that are left in there. And that's why even throughout a huge city like this, I would say, most of the time, I know the other realtor that I'm, right. who either has a listing or the people who are yeah, showing my listings, yeah. even when they're from, yeah. you know, brokerages that are far away, it's the same people you see all the time. And there's mm-hmm. a reason for that. I remember when I um, first, uh, was studying to get my license, someone told me to make sure that I had set enough, set aside about eight or nine months worth of funding 
uh, to get through because I wouldn't make, you know, money until then. Yeah. I'm sure that has doubled. Oh, I think so. Mm -hmm. Because you think about what people don't realize and just talking a little bit about, you know, first breaking into the industry, what you might not realize, it's pretty expensive business. Mm -hmm. So you've got your, your licensing and all that, which have taken a fair bit of time and money. Now you've become a realtor. You've got, you've got a license. But the way it works here in most of Canada, but particularly Ontario, is that if you want to trade in real estate, you have to belong to a brokerage. And the brokerage is, uh, you know, you're an independent contractor, but you have to work under them. They're the ones that technically carry your license. And in order for you to work for that brokerage, you have to pay them. Right. So you pay them uh, whatever it is. You pay them monthly fees, desk fees. You pay them a split of every portion. You know, a portion of your commission would go to back to the brokerage. You pay them something called deal fees. So every brokerage is a little bit different. Some are more expensive than others, but it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, where, where we work, for example, you pay a monthly, a substantial monthly fee to belong to Remax and also to, to belong to Remax Hallmark. You also pay, you know, a portion of the commission uh, back to the brokerage for holding your license. In some brokerages, that could be as much as 50%, not ours, but some it's it can be quite high and it really depends you know where where you work and what area you're in on top of that you are paying um regular uh you know desk fees or or deal fees as we call them um you know which could be anywhere from a hundred dollars and up uh per month or per deal so you know you have to really look at all the different options that exist out there which one's give you the best training or maybe the best presence in the market. Maybe it's worth paying a little more than some that are less expensive and you don't really get anything from them. You know, things like whether you have access to your brokers on a regular yeah. basis, good good management, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, every brokerage has a different approach, a different uh, level of visibility, different offerings, and different costs associated with those. And different real estate agents make different choices based on those. And it's an individual preference. But regardless of where you go, there's there's costs. Yeah. And on top of that, we have dues mm-hmm. to our regulatory bodies mm-hmm. and our professional organizations, and they're expensive as well. They are. Um, insurance. And that's not e- an insurance. Arizona mission insurance every agent must carry. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we haven't even spoken about the costs related to doing the business. So yeah. it's an expensive offering, but uh, I think the recommendation I was given maybe, what is it, 16 years ago, it's probably more than double that now. I think so yeah. too. So yeah. that's that's an excellent point yeah. because you have to have a good reserve you know, yeah. in your account because you have to know that most people are not going to make a deal for the first couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of years, couple of months. At and least. At least. Mm-hmm. And even if you do a deal in the first couple of months, you're not likely to be paid on that for a couple of months after right. that, right? Because most things don't close imminently. Mm-hmm. So the way it works is that if you make a sale and we make a sale today and it closes on March the 1st, for example, that would be a decently short close. But March the 1st would come, the deal would close, it would be all, you know, done through land registry and and the brokerages get paid out and the the lawyers, you know, 
Keys change hands. Keys change hands. All of that happens. And then it's generally sometime after that that we would get our portion of the commission, especially if we are on the buying side. So, you know, it could take a long time to see some yeah. money, right? Yeah. yeah. And so for a lot of people, it's very difficult because if they don't have a lot of money put aside, they expect, I think, something you know, different that they're going to be making all kinds of money. But the reality is it could take a really long time before you start making some decent Mm -hmm. money at this, Mm -hmm. right? So Janelle and I, you know, we're not complaining about this. We're just being open about the facts because, and I think it is related to a common perception among some, among people that um, it's easy money. Yeah. Or that, you know, the job is easy itself. Right. And not that we're complaining. It's just that um, uh, it's, first of all, not an easy job and it's not easy money. No. Yeah. And I, I related to the money part of it. I think people see the commission numbers and think, wow, you hardly did anything for that. Mm-hmm. And they don't take into account those costs and paying uh, splitting commission with um, the brokerage into account. And, you know, I will acknowledge that, you know, some real estate transactions are quick and dirty, are easy. Yeah. And I can understand why they might feel that way. But then, you know, on the flip side, you know, I've been... I've had cases where I've been taking the same people out for two years and then they decide not to buy. Yeah. And that means I'm not getting paid. Yeah. For all of that time. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of, there's there's every scenario in the book in real estate. and Yeah. I think it's the only job I can think of where you don't get paid at all if you don't do the transaction, so to speak. So yeah. you could do all that work for free. Yeah. And we do a lot of work yeah. for free. That's why I don't even think of it as commission. I don't even call it commission. I think of it as like a success fee. Yeah. Like I'm only paid if you're successful. That's right. And that's why one reason. That's a good way to put it. I never why I'm, I'm invested in your success. Yeah. Um, because I, I generally care about my clients as well. But, you know, we're not just driving around looking at houses for fun. Yeah, um, right. You've got a motivation to buy. Right. And, uh, and I don't get compensated if you decide to back out. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, this is just a little bit of a preamble to ex- explain the costs of, of the business. Yeah, it is but. important, I think, mm-hmm. for people to understand that because, um, you know, I also want to say it's the best job in the world. Mm-hmm. I would not, Yeah. I wouldn't do anything else yeah. um, except maybe like be running shoe designer or something. <laughs> that would be heaven for me. But other than that, I should have, is there such a thing? Yeah, but there are. Of there course are there job. are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I do that? Do it. Wait, how am I going to... You can do everything. Show up Janelle. at Nike and say you can do everything. You know, from what I've seen. Oh please, I've got, I've got ideas. Anyway, um, but other than that, no, it's a it's a fantastic job. It's um, oh yeah, it offers a lot of great things and a lot of stressful things, mm-hmm. and I think I thrive on that. That's mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. the kind of environment. Um, that I thrive on, and I really do believe it's the career for people who want to work hard and have unlimited income potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that exists for somebody who wants to get into this business. If you're a hard worker and you're organized. And, and you're entrepreneurial, you want to make yeah. your own way, be this your own a, boss. This is a career for you. Have the flexibility to shape your own career. Yeah. yeah. And I think the key also is, um, you know, and as I've maybe mentioned here before, but as my colleagues sitting here know, is I... Uh, have been a real estate coach for a number of years. And I think where I would always see the difference between the people who had success and the people who didn't was largely nothing but organization. So it's not even really a motivation factor, although that's part of it. 
Uh, but the people who are mostly organized are the ones who have success. So if you're thinking of get, getting into this business and you you know you're you know you're a disorganized person, it's a real struggle for you. You just have to know that's going to be challenging. Um, for those of you that are very organized and you like to keep a schedule and you like to track and measure everything, which is really what this job is about. Um, you're a numbers driven kind of analytic type of person because that's very important. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, you could have, I think, great success here. Um, it's getting, you know, really knowing yourself and whether or not you're the kind of person who can, who can get out and hustle. And it is, it's a lot about the hustle, mm-hmm. you know? So that being said, let's get to what the average day is like. Yeah. Well, podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other thing that I like about it. Like in this career, like who would have thought a year ago I'd be sitting here talking to you and right. people would be listening to it. Right. Like you can do, you can make it what you want to make and that's you can right. learn what you want to learn. Yep. And I love that opportunity. But I just first wanted to say in terms of the question, what's your average day like? And my off the top reaction is that to some extent, I find there is no average day. Right. But to another extent, you must create structure in your day and discipline so that there is some commonality. Yes. So I don't know if that... Organization. The, yeah, organization, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, like one of the things I think that is the most important component of our job is really not selling its relationships. Mm-hmm. And so a significant portion of every day for us is to contact our clients, our prospective clients, you know, make sure you are fostering those relationships all the time. Yeah, now that's, um, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And I think that's why we, we work well together. Um, but there are real estate agents out there who are like salesy, salesy, salesy. Yeah. And I think you just have to know yourself. I could never be that kind of person or salesperson. It's just not my gig. I have no interest in that, and it would get me nowhere. Um, uh, so I agree with you, and I think that's why we work together. It's all about relationships. Yeah, and I think even for those really, really salesy people, there's still a huge relationship component. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to be able to connect with people. I think that that's a, mm-hmm. a large part of what we do is finding commonality, mm-hmm. making sure you have a good understanding of that person's needs and wants and how to get them where they want to be, mm-hmm. whether that's on the buying or selling side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would, for me, and I think for you as well, but like a large part, a good couple of hours of every day as part of this job is just that talking to people, calling, texting, emailing, how are you catching up? What's going on in your world? You know, that general, you know, catch up that we have with people, that's, you know, really a large part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before, and some of that is just like, you know, Hey, John, I was driving by and I saw a house that would be perfect for you. Yeah. And that's something that I think, you know, you can't, you have to always be, your mind is on all the time. Well, your mind and your phone are on all the time. (laughs) You know, that's just part of what we do. And it's, it's always thinking about how to connect Mm -hmm. homes with people or people with people Mm -hmm. or, you know. Mm How do we connect with people? Yeah, that's one learning when I got into it, maybe. I didn't realize how much of my day-to-day was going to be maintain, building and maintaining connections with people as opposed to actually doing 
the logistical business uh, related to real estate transactions. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because overwhelmingly the time is spent on the first. Yeah, mm-hmm. because even if, you know, one of the things, so, you know, the second probably largest chunk of my day anyway is going through, um, you know, people, if you've ever been on a list to receive daily listings, like you, you have a realtor, they send you listings every day that meet your criteria. So on the back end of that, I get to see all of the things that were sent to you and all of the people I have on my various lists. And so a large, probably the second most, you know, uh, biggest chunk of my day is me going through those lists, identifying properties that I think that are going to work for you and, you know, talking about, yeah, Yeah. drawing your attention or just, or just doing a bit of research about Mm -hmm. them. You know, I've got lots of investor clients, for example. So before I send that to them, I would be then contacting listing agents of maybe commercial properties, getting the financials, getting the information that, and then I can determine whether that's going to be a good fit for you or, you know, that client or not, and then forwarding that information along. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's Mm -hmm. research-based. You know, and even if it's like, you know, me reaching out to you and saying like, hey, Leslie, I saw this. Would you think of that listing at 123 Main Street? That looks great. Why don't we go take a look at it? Right. You know? Yeah. So. Well, and I find that um, the people that I'm, you know, in a relationship with value any, I I really appreciate information um, more than, um, you know, just connecting for an obvious business purpose but information did you know that house five doors down from you is right blah 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 blah. right and uh so the more you develop a rapport and a history with people the stronger that gets and uh the more the more satisfying on both parts the relationship is i'm finding now with covid that some people are who are getting that those lists you're talking about are asking me to go and preview places mm-hmm. for them and give you give them their feedback. Yeah. And I'm doing that now more than I ever did before. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of COVID they don't want to go out uh, or or and so want, you know, someone else to do it for them and give them feedback or mm-hmm. if their value it's a value add and cuz I can give them knowing them very well, I can give them feedback about what issues might matter to them. But that's one thing that I'm doing more of. Yeah. And that's, and so there, that's, you know, a big part of our day too, mm-hmm. maybe a combination of that, as well as actually showing properties mm-hmm. to clients who are interested in looking at things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where your time as a realtor gets uh, monopolized. Yes. Um, especially in the market we're in right now, because, you know, as I'm sitting here, I have an email from a client um, who, who a property just came out today. You know, there's no offer date listed on the property. He wants to go see it immediately. And it's sort of like you have to jump mm-hmm. to that because not, not that that's expected by any stretch by, by the people I work with, but for obvious reasons, if there's no offer date, we got to get out there. Well, that's what right we're away. seeing now. Yeah, if you don't, you're, you're, you're going to be you're, lost. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of what we do, I would say, for myself anyway, on weekends, I every weekend pretty much, I would spend countless hours showing properties. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, you know, the process of that, just for those of you that are interested, you know, in getting into this career, it's really booking appointments, which sometimes you can do online nowadays, most of the time, but some of these old school places you have to call. If you're listening <laughs> and you don't have an online booking system, 
get one. Mm-hmm. Um, so for most of us, you know, you book the appointment, you show up at the property. If it's a house, it's easy. If it's a condo, it's not easy. <laughs> it's like lockbox is located on P1 with a red ribbon. And there's 19 of them. <laughs> red ribbons on in the middle of 400 lockboxes. But you love showing condos. I love, I just love showing condos. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Well, first of all, especially if it, the lockbox is in P1, as awful as that is, at least it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I remember... Uh, I some building one shaw. I don't know if you ever showed yeah, anything. Yeah. There was a fence that uh, I digress for a moment, but yeah. it's a funny story. I digress, but uh, there's a fence be- behind one shaw that is at the r- train tracks. Yeah, and I remember going there with a client one time, and it's like this time of year, January, February, something. It is 40 below. I'm, I'm not kidding. And uh, it was one of these lockbox with a red ribbon. Well, I sh- shit you not. There was probably, <laughs> oh my, I couldn't even tell you, 200 lockboxes over there. It's embarrassing. And think. we couldn't get any of them open. <laughs> so we're sitting there. I didn't have any lock de-icer, which, by the way, if you're a realtor, always carry lock de-icer. I always have it in my purse, always. Um, we're beating them with rocks, okay? This is, this is the truth. And it was hilarious. And we that day we had, I think, six to see, and we got into two of them. Mm-hmm. Like everything was frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just ridiculous. So anyway, that's part of it. <laughs> trying to get open lockboxes, trying to find lockboxes. I think it's embarrassing the way that system is. Me too, but I... Showing up with a client and you see a row of a thousand lockboxes. It cracks me up though. It I is, just, it I always find it hilarious. It's funny. What were we talking about? So that's part of the day. Oh, going to yeah. see places. So if you're going, when you're going to see them, like it's very time consuming, the lockbox thing and you got to get security to let you in and you have to sign in, you have to have all your, you know... Give them your firstborn. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well as your RICO license. <laughs> and then uh, you can show the place and sometimes if you're lucky... You go down to P1 to get the key, and it's there. Sometimes it's not. (laughs) And then you play elevator tag with whoever else has the key. So, um, Or even better, I like this when this happens, you get to the lockbox and the – it's not the right key because the person before you has switched keys with another another lockbox with a red ribbon. Yeah. So anyway, these are this is what it's like to show properties. I think for me personally, this is the f- the most fun I have. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an old adage, I guess, in real estate that says like list to live, mm-hmm. meaning that if you're not listing mm-hmm. properties and you're spending too much time on the buying side, you'll never survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for that reason, most realtors love to list. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's buying. Mm-hmm. I love to see places. I don't care if they're small, yeah. cheap big, expensive. I like them all. Yeah. And I love working with buyers and their excitement. They are always happy. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's just, it's so, especially when they finally get a place yeah. and they are, they're just, that's there's true. nothing like that. Yeah, that's true. You know, they're mm-hmm. thrilled to bits. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, okay. So that's, a, that's a, if you're busy as you should be, that's a big part of, of your of your day mm-hmm. of every day mm-hmm. is, is showing property. Right. The other side, of course, is the listing side, um, which is way more expensive to do um, because really buying doesn't cost you anything other than gas and the hours you're spending driving around. If we got paid hourly, buying would be more expensive. Yes. Yeah. But on the selling side, you know, you are responsible for a number of things. If you are the listing agent, you are responsible for the professional photography, for the feature sheets and the brochures for staging, 
for the pre-list home inspection if you're going to do that. You know, whether you're paying for it or the seller is paying for it, you're still doing the organizing. Mm -hmm. And in a a lot of cases, you're doing the spending. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just be, be aware of that. You know, when you start to get or, you know, you start to get into this business, you start listing property. These are some of these things are non-negotiables, like hiring a photographer. Right. Right. Yeah. And in today's day with COVID, too, we expect, you know, a higher end, a higher level of photography, yes. 3D walkthrough yes. tours, that kind of mm-hmm. thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because more than ever before, people are relying on those, on those. to make decisions. That's right. Yeah. And um, putting on, a sign in the lawn. Oh, yeah. On the it all costs side, money. Yeah. And, you know... Um, we counsel our sellers when they're considering who to use as a real estate agent to help them sell their house is um, what your agent does and how they help you organize and to what extent they um, get involved in covering the costs of those things is different agent by agent. So the things that Janelle outlines, those are our um, thoughts about best practices in listing houses, but not everybody's the same. So um, certainly it's my opinion that we should be doing those things and those things, those efforts do get the best results for our sellers. And so I'm happy when we have listings that we make those critical to our function. Yeah, for sure. And I would urge sellers to yeah see the wisdom of that well you have to yeah you have to yeah. present it in the best light possible yeah. right yeah especially now yeah so mm-hmm. there you go that's another good point from um our standpoint of being a realtor is having that kind of relationship mm-hmm. where you are able to counsel people on a regular basis mm-hmm. right it, which just kind of is interesting because it just reminded me of the fact that, you know, Leslie and I came from a corporate career where we pretty much provided mm-hmm. advice and counsel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from a yeah, communication standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. Um, it's being able to really make sure people understand what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a good one. A good part of our job is negotiating our commission fee. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's part of it too, people. So don't, you know. That's on the listing side. On the listing side. Don't under. It happen on the buying side. Me too. I just ignore that altogether. (laughs) (laughs) If you want me to cut my commission, but you're not paying me, there's something wrong. Um, So, yes, uh, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, so that's part of this job too is, is, you know, making sure that you have a very good understanding of what your worth is, what you are providing. As a service, and it, it you know does that correspond to uh, you know the fee that you're charging, and making sure that all of that is very well communicated to your clients, and that they understand um, what they're paying for. Right. Yeah, you can't have uh, any ambiguity or uncertainty or any awkwardness later no. on. Be straightforward and open. Yeah. About everything. Right, about everything. Right from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important because I think that. Um, Sellers need to understand what we are providing anyway, mm-hmm. um, because I don't think people necessarily really grasp the concept of how much work goes into trying to sell a property mm-hmm. and or trying to buy property either for that matter. But sellers, since they're the ones paying commission, they, you know, they don't necessarily see all the little pieces and how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have a listing and you are constantly being called and emailed and people have questions and you know there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes and those are things that we don't necessarily talk to our clients about Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not telling my client i had 14 phone calls in the last two hours from people who want the home inspection you know you just don't do that kind of thing and so um Mm -hmm. you know they need to maybe sometimes be made aware of 
of what that is and maybe they don't that's up to you but Mm -hmm. you know if you if you feel like you need to prove your worth that's one of those things Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know part of then our job is negotiating deals right? right either on the buy side or the sell side right yeah um it's a lot harder now i think than it used to be on the because of multiple offers we don't necessarily get to negotiate very often on the buy side anymore it's really I'm offering up my soul <laughs> on my client's behalf. Uh-huh. We'll whatever it is you want. Yes. <laughs> Would you like my car? You can throw that. I'll throw that in too. If you just give my clients the house, yeah. Um, that's pretty much what it is, and that and that's hard too. I you know I'm working with new immigrant buyers right now, and they've never gone through this process before, mm-hmm. and we have a little bit of a language barrier, mm-hmm. and they just they cannot wrap their heads around the fact that it's listed for six ninety nine, <laughs> but selling for 800 mm-hmm. And so trying to really be able to explain and show data mm-hmm. and provide the information, you know, mm-hmm. um, if your realtor does not know what's going on in the market at all times, mm-hmm. you know, they're missing the boat. They have to really have their finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. And every week is different. Right. Yeah. And I can see those people, um, Seeing the stats, uh, understanding the information you're providing them, but still not understanding why this happens. Like That's right. Yeah, so part of our job is communicating and counseling and advising and recommending. Yeah. yeah. And I think with that, it kind of going back to the communication piece, yeah. is really making sure that you've got that rapport. Yes. Because otherwise, why would they believe me when I right. say, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll sell for two hundred more. Trust me. Yeah, you know. And that re- relation and rapport, we've talked about it uh, quite a bit. In my view, extends beyond just the clients we're working for. I think I can I can look to several um, transactions I've done where my relationship or rapport with other agents absolutely has gotten us. Uh, success. Yes, that's right. Um, re- and relationship and rapport with our suppliers that yeah. we rely on so much to do great jobs for our clients. So it's key to every facet it of is. our job. Yeah. Um, and then one final thing I would raise um, in terms of what an, uh, you know what it's like to be a real estate agent is that um, you know I kind of came late to understanding how how important at least to me some structure of when in the day or what days of the week I do certain things Mm -hmm. and when I will not work. I have a little bit of that because of other commitments, but actually now really because of COVID because I have no other commitments. I don't have that. But so some, I think some organization structure in how you approach the variety of things you're going to be faced with every day is critical. Mm -hmm. Although as Janelle's, explained how often a listing will come out and she'll get a text from someone to seeing it right away to some great extent you know you can't plan far in advance yeah because things like that do come up at the last minute and you have to be flex have arrangements in place and flexibility to be able to jump when you have to jump yeah and i think the key for me has always been time blocking and there are certain hours of the day right that I time block for, right. you know, what I would call prospecting yeah. or, yeah. you know, relationship building. And you know building. yourself and you know when to block that time. That's right. Now, what do you think of this? I know a couple of agents who say no matter what, I, I don't work on, say, for example, Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have, I don't see how that can work. No, I don't either. I guess if you have a big team, you can send people out and uh, it would be great to get there at some point. But um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't no, have don't that kind yourself. of. Yeah, <laughs> you would still. Be. I would, you know, I would yeah. be. No, um, but I know there are some that do that. Um, I haven't gotten to that. Mm-hmm. No, I have. I I'm not. Or I, even where I think that's the thing to do. Or actually. even where I'd want to do that yeah, quite yet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but some do. Yeah, because you know, in this and job, at least I respect them for knowing their boundaries. And I, that's I agree. Their business model, that's and they right. set it up that way. Um, but I think you know, and, th- and that's a good point. I mean, one of the things that's important for anyone out there who's thinking about getting into this career is that, and and I'm and I'm more so than you for sure. But I mean, I work constantly. Mm-hmm. Like there, uh, there is never ever, except when I'm asleep or running, there is never a time when I'm not looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. And that's probably to my detriment. So I do appreciate those people who can take off that time. But mm-hmm. I, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's just part of my makeup, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm not, I'm clearly not uh, that way as m- much as you are. I would say I'm surround, everybody I'm surrounded with is addicted to their phone. Mm-hmm. And I make a conscious effort to set it aside sometime. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm not thinking about work or even doing work in a different way. Um, but, uh, for my, you know, sanity, sanity, mental Mm -hmm. health, Mm -hmm. I can't have, can't be looking at it all the time. And I realized that early on in the phone world. Um, but you know, I know that I'm the exception there, Mm -hmm. not even just in real estate, just Mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. Um, you know, um, at dinner. I don't won't bring it to the me table. either. I, I don't. Know, don't I know bring people it to the who table. sit there, and yeah. then, but I won't. And that's, but I mean, I mean, that's you know, a good hour and a half. And mm-hmm. I, so that's that's a given for sure. Mm-hmm. And I try to shut it off at ten o'clock. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm in the middle of something important, or you know, negotiating, going back and forth, obviously that's not the case. But as well, it's like these idiots up at the, the midnight irrevocable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? What the hell? <laughs> Honest to God. Anyway, that's a story for another day. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right. I think that's good. I mean, I, 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 you know, I think I, I think I'm similar. I was finding myself like going down a road I didn't want to go in where I ultimately, uh, a couple of years ago, I now put my purse with my phone in the trunk. Oh, because I was one of those people that would be going to Mm -hmm, it. And I mm -hmm, I realized mm -hmm. this is a problem. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually physically put my, my phone in the trunk. So you won't get me if I'm driving. Yeah, and that's good. Yeah, there's... I knew that I couldn't go halfway. And I use driving. For me, yeah. I call people. Like, yeah. I use drive my drive because I'm in the car so often. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good time. Time for me to yeah. be reaching out to people, yeah. you know, if I want, yeah. if I'm calling my clients. I mean, yeah. you've got to maximize. For yeah. me, I have to, you yeah. know, maximize so what I, think, I do. See, clearly we're showing there's some commonalities, but there's some flexibility mm-hmm. to make your world your own. That's right. And we're not all the same. And However, if you're the kind of person who thinks you want to get into real estate so you can, because you're going to have a lot of time off. Yeah, no. That's not the, that's not the job. And, you and can't be nine to five, right? And nobody is telling you what to do. You have to know what self motivation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, when I got into real estate, as you'll recall, I was I had left a job with a salary, and I I was a single parent, and so um, I thought, well, at least I'll have more time. You know, I'll get into real estate. I'll have more time. Well, I have one million hours less now. One I, million. I never. <laughs> thought that it would be mm-hmm. so time consuming mm-hmm. and now I can f- maybe have a bit more flexibility with my time mm-hmm. but I work way more than I ever did before when mm-hmm. I was in a career but you're loving it but I so love it not work yeah and hated our past career mm-hmm. um but yeah for sure there's but mm-hmm. just 
without understanding, I just think people mm-hmm. need to mm-hmm. really grasp mm-hmm. that. Because if yes, if you're mm-hmm. thinking of doing nine to five mm-hmm. and you want your weekends off to go to the cottage, mm-hmm. that's not the right job for right. you. Right. <laughs> or maybe it is, but you just won't make any money. Yeah. So <laughs> now another huge part of our job, which we haven't talked about, is marketing. Yes. Right? That's a big chunk of This is a huge, especially yeah. for, for us, because we really yeah. try to do a lot of different and unique things all the time. Um, but we, you know, that's really keeping up with the trends, making sure you're understanding what's going on with new software, new programs, and, you know, being active on all our social media pages and all of that kind of stuff is a huge component to selling real estate, especially in today's day and age. Things yep. are, you know... Moving quickly. Things are moving quickly, Mm -hmm. right? And you have to stay on top of it and you have to stand apart. If there are 55,000 realtors in the city, how do you become unique? Mm -hmm. And so that is a large challenge for for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of really successful agents over the year go the way of the dinosaur, Mm -hmm. you know, and they just can't keep up. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm very conscious of that, very Mm -hmm. worried about that all the Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. um, and don't want to ever just rest on... You know, right. what I've been doing. Right. Um, uh, Tom Ferry, uh, who I used to work for, always says, what got you here won't get you there. And I think that from a, any type of business perspective, I think that's the best message I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, making sure you're on top of things. Like, if you don't like social media, real estate's not your game. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot... I'm. I don't think you can do this job without being active and all... Have that conversation with other agents all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, I agree with you, and not everybody does, though. No, mm-hmm. but I just don't think they'll last, mm-hmm. and I've seen it mm-hmm. already, you know, and every year is changing so much. And when I look around, and in my neighborhood, um, it was very much owned by two or three people. Mm-hmm. And um, over the years, and I ne- there, there was a time I never thought that would change, mm-hmm. and it has completely changed mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, and the people that are have taken over my neighborhood are younger, they're more innovative, not even young, that much younger, really, but they're just, they're on top of it. They've got their finger on the pulse. Yes. And it's so different than these people who sat back and said, this is how I do things. Oh, we are going to get involved in that. We don't need that. We own this neighborhood. Well, they don't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, making sure that you're on top of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and from a coaching standpoint, I would often meet people who, or I'd get new clients who just didn't know how to... To, to take advantage, take advantage of where to move. start. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, kudos to them for trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I hope people have found this interesting. Yeah, I think that you know, for all of those Not of the you usual who, kind of podcast we get. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who are thinking about getting in the business, we're happy to talk anytime. Yep. Um, you know, you can reach out to us. Please subscribe to our podcast, of course, everybody, and um, reach out to us on any of our social media channels at uh, Janelle Cameron Team, and we would love to hear from you. Yep. Happy right. real estate, everybody. Happy real estate. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron Team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com, that's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com, or dial 416-486-5588. 
Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.